a listener production. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vaktel, and the host of this guide to Melbourne. If the restaurant openings this year have been characterised by not as many big names as we might usually see, that's not true of bars. Melbourne's best new bars of the year is what we're going to be chatting about today. I've got Nick Connellan, our publications director, and Michael Harry, our national editor, here so that we can debate the best bars of 2023. Welcome. I, I wasn't told this was a debate. A nice debate. Okay. <laughs> a chat Or, as a friend of mine said recently, a robust discussion. I think in the end we'll probably all agree that these places deserve to be on the list. When I look at the bars that have opened so far this year, it feels like there's been a lot of looking back, whether that's with the Apollo Inn, Andrew McConnell's new bar, which is a really clubby and very clear reference to the early 1900s in Melbourne, or Black Kite Commune, which was the latest venue that's opened from the team behind Gin Palace, which also harks back to the drinking dens in Melbourne of the 1930s. And then there are a few that feel a little bit more retro. We kind of skip through to the 70s. One of those is Follies, a great new bar that's just opened in the north where all the decor is legitimately 70s stuff. This is not a place that is referencing the 70s. It's full of 70s style decor and also the menu feels a bit retro too. Michael, Harry, you've noticed it in a few other bars as well. Yeah, everything old is new again. There's that great love of, of retro anything at the moment, you know, whether it's the kind of heavy crystal glassware and the martinis everywhere and like a lot of floral pattern china and things like that. There's a bar, Lilac, although there's much debate whether that's a restaurant or a bar, which is another big theme of bars this year. Savory mints on toast is their hero snack. I mean, And savory you know, eclairs. And eclairs. I mean, how retro is that? And there's another really great bar on Rathdown Street called Bar Bellamy, which has some awesome uh, hospo talent, a young couple, husband and wife, Danielle and Oscar Whitehart, who are, who are running the place. And it's just like full of energy and great vibes and very retro things on the menu. Let's start there then. Let's talk about Bar Bellamy and let's start with these little retro snacks. <laughs> so yeah, it's a Euro style neighborhood bar on Rathdown Street, sort of at the more the Carlton end. Uh, and yeah, Danielle and Oscar Whitehart are behind it. They've worked at the Everly, Bad Frankie, Gimlet, Archie's All Day. So there's like a lot of experience there. That is some serious Melbourne pedigree. Yes, some firepower there. Uh, and they've got a chef called Barney Cohen, ex Anada and Nomada in the kitchen. And the food is really way better than you would expect it to be at this little cozy bar. One of the snacks there, which I keep thinking about, is the chicken liver parfait cannoli. So it's like something that would be sweet, but it's like piped with this salty parfait and it just explodes in the mouth. It's so satisfying and substantial and the perfect foil to any kind of, you know, glass of natty wine or whatever it is you want to drink. Also easy to eat, hey? Chefs love to talk about flavors and presentation. I don't think they think about whether things are easy to eat. Mm. I just want to pick something up and cram it in my mouth. And putting chicken liver parfait in a cannoli, yes, thank you. I know. I'm not a sweet tooth either, so it's it's perfect. Isn't that a good segue to lilac, which also has a little snack devoted to chicken liver in the form of an eclair? The eclair. I mean, it looks like a sweet eclair. It's, it's covered in this icing, which is actually, what is it, Nick? It's made of black garlic, which is one of those ingredients that chefs bloody love. Um, and I think a lot of the time you see it on menus, you don't necessarily know what it is. Basically, if you cook garlic really slowly, and I'm talking like really slowly for like weeks or months, 
I think at like really low temperatures, like 20 to 30 degrees or something, it completely just caramelizes to this insane level where it's black. So lilac is an interesting one because it comes from a name most typically thought of in Melbourne as connected to cafes, Nathan Tolman, although in recent years he's really diversified. He opened Hazel, he opened Dessou, which was an underground bar, and now lilac. So what do you think makes lilac worthy of the best of list, Michael? It's a really amazing space in the back streets of Cremorne. It's a big old warehouse and it's kind of like a New York loft style apartment, yep. like rugs on the floor and like loads of little nooks and old couches and things. Lots of tables if you want to have a full meal or little corners to sink into. There's a great courtyard as well, but it's just a, a part of Melbourne that you wouldn't normally find something like this. Like there's a lot of sort of agencies and in the back streets of Cremorne, but not many good wine bars. Yeah, so. they've really lucked out in Cremorne with that opening. It is a awesome space and the kind of space that you could spend hours in, you know, begin at the bar and then you can kind of move off to the couches or head off to a table and have dinner. And yeah, it's a, it's a prime example of Lilac could have gone in a restaurant's list, but mm. it's a wine bar. It's that, I wouldn't say age old situation, but in Melbourne, certainly in recent years and in Sydney, probably around Australia, mm. wine bars are restaurants, you know, restaurants are wine bars. They're, they're merging. Yeah. We can have a drink, but can I have dinner there? Like as well? Yeah. Talking about design, I wanted to highlight a place, which I mentioned a bit earlier, from the Gin Palace crew, which is Black Kite Commune, which has just opened in the city. This place is kind of spectacular. It's got floor-to-ceiling windows. It's got this mezzanine level, which kind of feels a bit like a birdcage. There's little buttons that you can press to make sure that the bartenders downstairs know that you're ready for another drink. And that has been inspired by, again, those 1930s drinking dens of Melbourne, Ben Lu's loves history and Gin Palace speaks to that and so do his other venues in the CBD. Black Kite Commune is another example of that. And a really interesting story behind the menu, which we discussed on the podcast a few weeks ago, is that the cocktail menu was actually developed with the bar manager who has synesthesia. She can basically experience taste through sound. And she was watching an opera and she got the idea for all these cocktails. It's a really, really interesting cocktail list that speaks to these different moments in, in, in basically a climax of an opera. So I think that's one to check out. I think that's such a cool opening. I wonder what a death metal cocktail would taste like. I don't want to drink that, <laughs> but I think there would be a lot of people who would want to. I'm very happy with an opera-influenced cocktail <laughs> or something pop culture. I'll take that as well. Now, going off into another bar that, again, harks to the past, and that is probably... I'm going to say it's the biggest bar opening of the year only because of just how anticipated it is and, and because it is this man's first standalone cocktail bar, and that's Apollo Inn, which is the Trader House Group, Andrew McConnell's new cocktail bar. Michael, you and I have been. Michael, you've been a few times. We did a podcast about it. We did a podcast about it. Tell us a little bit about Apollo Inn. Uh, I'm kind of obsessed with this place. It's like the perfect little slinky den. It's 50 meters away from Gimlet, which you probably know is is an absolute barnstorming hit of a beautiful restaurant on the corner of Flinders Lane and Russell Street. Um, but Apollo Inn is is that ode to the cocktail. There's only 28 seats, one gorgeous bar, and a great banquet, um, and just it's it's pumping every night. Although I think you should definitely, if you're thinking about going, just rock up because uh, they hold back a few tables just for walk-in. So even if it's booked out online, you can try your luck. You've basically got uh, a very short, concise list of bar snacks, which are excellent. As you can imagine, kind of they're very good trader house. Everything is highly considered. 
but you're not going to go there for dinner. I think that's the difference, Michael, with this and Alila, because you could certainly fill up on all the snacks and believe me, I did my best, but it's not a dinner spot. There's not a single like main meal on there. It's all snacks. I just had an exciting idea. We could do a cooking show where I get to cook with a full commercial kitchen and Andrew McConnell has literally no kitchen and he still beats me. <laughs> this is what's happening there, right? Yeah. Like a master chef uh, situation. Master chef, but he has no kitchen. <laughs> I think you could just give him some raw produce and a jaffle maker mm-hmm. and he'd probably be most people. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Let's go on to Molly Rose, Nick. Is, is this your favourite opening of the year or reopening of the year? You're pretty excited about it. The, the listeners can't see the fire in my eyes now. I'm staring across the desk at you kind of manically. What has captured your imagination about I mean, about we were this? just having a discussion off uh, microphone before about I'm such an advocate for the beer scene. I love beer. I think it's just as complex and exciting and fantastic as wine and spirits, but it just never gets that recognition. It's still thought of as like a drink for middle-aged bros or like at the pub or whatever, which I get, I get. But um, I think Molly Rose is doing such a good job of elevating beer and bringing food into the equation. So they've got a bloody good chef there, a bloke who calls himself Biggie, um, was raised primarily in Thailand, but has been here for a while and worked at some really high-profile restaurants in Sydney, high-profile Italian restaurants. And so he brings this pretty incredible mix of stuff. Italian flavours in, he brings Thai flavours in, wrapped up in this like very high-end technique. So like the dish that everyone's talking about, um, which is kind of crazy, is this fried chicken wing stuffed with bacala, which is the Italian cod mousse, and then it's glazed in hot sauce. It's a bit of everything and it's amazing and it goes so well with a crisp lager from Molly Rose. And also it's just a really nice space. When we first talked about this kind of reopening, because for those who might not know, Molly Rose has been around for a long time, but they have this very low-key little kind of bar area and it's seriously expanded now. It's elevated and it's gotten bigger. But... They were talking about doing a beer pairing with dinner. Do you know if that's happening yet? It sure is. They've got a um, chef's table experience, which is a set menu. I went and did it the other night. It's fantastic. The courses all came out. There were surprises. And then I got the menu at the end, which is, I kind of love that. You kind of kept on your toes. And you sit right up there at the kitchen. You see them preparing everything. And then the staff will bring the beers over. And they're really interesting, mind-blowing beers. You know, some of them are co-fermented with grape skins, Others have been aged for 12 months or something. Some of these things might sound a bit pretentious, but like the taste is amazing. These are such really complex, interesting beers that go so well with the food. Speaking of beers, let's go to Odd Culture, which is the Sydney import. Odd Culture is a very, very popular spot for interesting beers in Sydney. Nick, can you give us a bit of the backstory to Odd Culture? Yeah, I think Odd Culture, kind of like Molly Rose, has done a really good job of elevating beer and putting it on equal footing with wine. Most places you go either tend to be a cocktail bar, a wine bar, or a beer bar. Odd Culture kind of does all three quite well, but probably more beer and wine. So you can go there and you can drink like the trendiest natural wine, but then you can also drink a really beautiful Belgian beer or something like that. So they've done a really good job of elevating that. Now, it's also a bottle shop. So, Michael, tell us about that aspect. Yeah, I mean, you can't really miss that when you walk in. It's uh, just opposite Naked for Satan on uh, Brunswick Street. Beautiful space. I've done the fit out gorgeously, really good lighting. Yep. If you've ever thought when you're buying a beautiful bottle of wine or a beer, like I want to crack into this right now, 
this is the place to do it. It's basically a beautiful bottle shop and bar and then all the tables down the back. Is that just me who gets a drink when I'm getting a drink? Nearby where I live is Otter's Promise, which is a really great beer bottle shop and bar. And most people who come through the doors grab a few bottles of like a wildflower, whatever it might be, and they have a drink while we're there. I mean, how can you not? It's very, very tempting. Tell us about some of the beers though, Nick, because Odd Culture is going to be offering up things that you might not have tried before or that you don't get to see a lot of. We haven't even talked about the name. So it's Odd Culture. Culture is in yogurt cultures, right? So they do offer a lot of beers that are wild fermented and have kind of funky sour taste going on as with the wine, but that's, they're not limited to that. They do everything. So if you want to drink a really trendy, hazy IPA, they'll have that. They often have mountain culture on. Mountain culture is a Blue Mountains brewery that makes probably some of the best IPAs in Australia right now. Um, But they'll have um, beers from Cantillon, which is the really renowned Belgian brewery. What I love is they're not kind of elitist about it or always pushing you in one direction. They do at their location in Newtown in Sydney have Reshers, which is a CUB Pilsner. They've got that. And down here, they've got Melbourne Bitter on tap. So yeah, there's something for everyone. When our former Sydney editor, you know, first visited Odd Culture, she had this pate caramel situation, which she called next level. And that has made its way to Melbourne as well. So that's probably, if you're going to go and grab a drink, don't miss that pate and caramel snack. Fish sauce caramel it is. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Umami party. They're just a few of the bars that are on the list this year. If you want to see the full list and also all our very snappy descriptions of why you should be going and what you should be drinking, search for Melbourne's Best New Bars of the Year so far on Broadsheet and you'll get the full list. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore mel. I'll be back again on Friday, same time, same place. Chat then. Listener.